0: chapter four of arrowsmith by sinclair lewis this librivox recording is in the public domain professor max gottlieb was about to assassinate a guinea pig with anthrax germs and the bacteriology class was nervous they had studied the forms of bacteria they had handled petri dishes and platinum loops they had proudly grown on potato slices the harmless red cultures of bacillus prodigiosus and they had come now to pathogenic germs and the inoculation of a living animal with swift disease these two beady-eyed guinea-pigs chittering in a battery jar would in two days be stiff and dead martin had an excitement not free from anxiety he laughed at it he remembered with professional scorn How foolish were the lay visitors to the laboratory, who believed that sanguinary microbes would leap upon them from the mysterious centrifuge, from the benches, from the air itself. But he was conscious that in the cotton-plugged test-tube between the instrument bath and the bichloride jar on the demonstrator's desk were millions of fatal anthrax germs. The class looked respectful and did not stand too close with the flare of technique the sure rapidity which dignified the slightest movement of his hands dr Gottlieb clipped the hair on the belly of a guinea-pig held by the assistant he soaped the belly with one flicker of a hand-brush he shaved it and painted it with iodine and all the while Max Gottlieb was recalling the eagerness of his first students when he had just returned from working with Koch and Pasteur when he was fresh from enormous beer sidles and brooder and ferocious arguments passionate beautiful days ze golden zeit his first classes in america at queen city college had been awed by the sensational discoveries in bacteriology they had crowded about him reverently they had longed to know now the class was a mob he looked at them fatty faff in the front row his face vacant as a doorknob, the co-eds emotional and frightened, only Martin Arrowsmith and Angus Doer visibly intelligent, his memory fumbled for a pale blue twilight in Munich, a bridge and a waiting girl, and the sound of music. He dipped his hands in the bichloride solution and shook them, a quick shake, fingers down, like the fingers of a pianist above the keys, he took a hypodermic needle from the instrument bath and lifted the test tube his voice flowed indolently with german vowels and blurred w's these gentlemen is a twenty-four hour culture of bacillus anthracis you will note i am sure you will have noted already that in the bottom of the tumbler there was cotton to keep the tube from being broken i cannot advise breaking tubes of anthrax germs and afterwards getting the hands into the culture you might merely get anthrax boils the class shuddered gottlieb twitched out the cotton plug with his little finger so neatly that the medical students who had complained bacteriology is junk Your urinalysis and blood tests are all the lab stuff we need to know now gave him something of the respect they had for a man who could do card tricks or remove an appendix in seven minutes He agitated the mouth of the tube in the Bunsen burner, droning. Every time you take the plug from a tube, flame the mouth of the tube. Make that a rule. It is a necessity of the technique, and technique, gentlemen, is the beginning of all science. It is also the least known thing in science. The class was impatient. Why didn't he get on with it? On to the entertainingly dreadful moment of inoculating the pig, and max gottlieb glancing at the other guinea pig in the prison of its battery jar meditated wretched innocent why should i murder him to teach dummkopf it would be better to experiment on that fat young man he thrust the syringe into the tube he withdrew the piston dexterously with his index finger and lectured take one half c c of the culture there are two kinds of M.D.s those to whom cc means cubic centimetre and those to whom it means compound cathartic the second kind are more prosperous but one cannot convey the quality of it the thin drawl the sardonic amiability the hiss of the s's the d's turned into blunt and challenging t's the assistant held the guinea-pig close gottlieb pinched up the skin of the belly and punctured it with a quick down-thrust of the hypodermic needle. The pig gave a little jerk, a little squeak, and the coeds shuddered. Gottlieb's wise fingers knew when the peritoneal wall was reached. He pushed home the plunger of the syringe. He said quietly, This poor animal will now soon be dead as Moses. The class glanced at one another uneasily. Some of you will think that it does not matter some of you will think like bernard shaw that i am an executioner and the more monstrous because i am cool about it and some of you will not think at all this difference in philosophy is what makes life interesting while the assistant tagged the pig with a tin disc in its ear and restored it to the battery jar Gottlieb set down its weight in a notebook with the time of inoculation and the age of the bacterial culture these notes he reproduced on the blackboard in his fastidious script murmuring gentlemen the most important part of living is not the living but pondering upon it and the most important part of experimentation is not doing the experiment but making the notes very accurate quantitative notes in ink i am told that a great many clever people feel they can keep notes in their heads i have often observed with pleasure that such persons do not have heads in which to keep their notes. This is very good, because thus the world never sees their results, and science is not encumbered with them. I shall now inoculate the second guinea pig, and the class will be dismissed. Before the next lab hour, I shall be glad if you will read Pater's Marius the Epicurean, to derive from it the calmness, which is the secret of laboratory skill. PART TWO. As they bustled down the hall, Angus Doer observed to a brother Digan, "'Gottlieb is an old laboratory plug. He hasn't got any imagination. He sticks here instead of getting out into the world and enjoying the fight. But he certainly is handy. Awfully good technique. He might have been a first-rate surgeon, and made fifty thousand dollars a year. As it is, I don't suppose he gets a cent over four thousand. Ira Hinckley, walking alone, worrying. He was an extraordinarily kind man, this huge and bumbling parson. He reverently accepted everything, no matter how contradictory to everything else, that his medical instructors told him. But this killing of animals, he hated it. By a connection not evident to him, he remembered that the Sunday before, in the slummy chapel where he preached during his medical course, he had exalted the sacrifice of the martyrs, and they had sung of the blood of the Lamb, the fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins. But this meditation he lost, and he lumbered toward Dygamapi in a fog of pondering pity. Cliff Clawson, walking with Fatty Faff, shouted, "'Gosh, old pig certainly did jerk when Pa Gottlieb rammed that needle home.' And Fatty begged, "'Don't, please!' But Martin Arrowsmith saw himself doing the same experiment and, as he remembered Gottlieb's unerring fingers, his hands curved in imitation. Part three. The guinea-pigs grew drowsier and drowsier. In two days they rolled over, kicked convulsively, and died. Full of dramatic expectation, the class reassembled for the necropsy. On the demonstrator's table was a wooden tray scarred from the tacks which for years had pinned down the corpses the guinea pigs were in a glass jar rigid their hair ruffled the class tried to remember how nibbling and alive they had been the assistant stretched out one of them with thumb-tacks gottlieb swabbed its belly with a cotton wad soaked in lysol slit it from belly to neck and cauterized the heart with a red-hot spatula The class quivered as they heard the searing of the flesh. Like a priest of diabolic mysteries, he drew out the blackened blood with a pipette. With the distended lungs, the spleen and kidneys, and liver, the assistant made wavy smears on glass slides, which were stained and given to the class for examination. The students who had learned to look through the microscope, without having to close one eye, were proud and professional and all of them talked of the beauty of identifying the bacillus as they twiddled the brass thumbscrews to the right focus and the cells rose from cloudiness to sharp distinctness on the slides before them but they were uneasy for gottlieb remained with them that day stalking behind them saying nothing watching them always watching the disposal of the remains of the guinea-pigs and along the benches ran nervous rumours about a bygone student who had died from anthrax infection in the laboratory. Part four. There was for Martin in these days a quality of satisfying delight, the zest of a fast hockey game, the serenity of the prairie, the bewilderment of great music, and a feeling of creation. He woke early and thought contentedly of the day. He hurried to his work, devout, unseeing the confusion of the bacteriology laboratory was ecstasy to him the students in shirt-sleeves filtering nutrient gelatin their fingers gummed from the crinkly gelatin leaves or heating media in an autoclave like a silver howitzer the roaring bunsen flames beneath the hot-air ovens the steam from the arnold sterilizers rolling to the rafters clouding the windows were to martin lovely with activity and to him the most radiant things in the world were rows of test-tubes filled with watery serum and plugged with cotton singed to a coffee-brown a fine platinum loop leaning in a shiny test-glass a fantastic hedge of tall glass tubes mysteriously connecting jars or a bottle rich with gentian violet stain he had begun perhaps in youthful imitation of gottlieb to work by himself in the laboratory at night the long room was dark thick dark but for the glass mantle behind his microscope the cone of light cast a gloss on the bright brass tube a sheen on his black hair as he bent over the eyepiece he was studying trypanosomes from a rat an eight-branched rosette stained with polychrome methylene blue a cluster of organisms delicate as a narcissus with their purple nuclei their light blue cells and the thin lines of the flagella he was excited and a little proud he had stained the germs perfectly and it is not easy to stain a rosette without breaking the petal shape in the darkness a step the weary step of max gottlieb and a hand on martin's shoulder silently martin raised his head pushed the microscope toward him bending down a cigarette stub in his mouth the smoke would have stung the eyes of any human being gottlieb peered at the preparation he adjusted the gaslight a quarter inch and mused splendid you have craftsmanship oh there is an art in science for a few you americans so many of you all full with ideas but you are impatient with the beautiful dullness of long labours i see already and i watch you in the lab before perhaps you may try the trypanosomes of sleeping sickness they are very very interesting and very very ticklish to handle it is quite a nice disease in some villages in africa fifty per cent of the people have it and it is invariably fatal yes i think you might work on the bugs which to martin was getting his brigade in battle i shall have said gottlieb a little sandwich in my room at midnight. If you should happen to work so late, I should be very pleased if you would come to have a bite. Diffidently, Martin crossed the hall to Gottlieb's immaculate laboratory at midnight. On the bench were coffee and sandwiches, curiously small and excellent sandwiches, foreign to Martin's lunchroom taste. Gottlieb talked till Cliff had faded from existence, and angus Duer seemed but an absurd climber he summoned forth london laboratories dinners on frosty evenings in stockholm walks on the pincio with sunset behind the dome of san pietro extreme danger and overpowering disgust from the excreta smeared garments in an epidemic at marseilles his reserve slipped from him and he talked of himself and of his family as though martin were a contemporary the cousin who was a colonel in Uruguay, and the cousin, a rabbi, who was tortured in a pogrom in Moscow. His sick wife, it might be cancer. The three children, the youngest girl, Miriam, she was a good musician, but the boy, the 14-year-old, he was a worry, he was saucy, he would not study. Himself, he had worked for years on the synthesis of antibodies. He was at present in a blind alley, and at Mohallis there was no one who was interested no one to stir him but he was having an agreeable time massacring the Upsonan theory and that cheered him no i have done nothing except be unpleasant to people that claim too much but i have dreams of real discoveries some day and no not five times in five years do i have students who understand craftsmanship and precision and maybe some big imagination in hypotheses i tink perhaps you may have them if i can help you so i do not tink you will be a good doctor good doctors are fine often they are artists but their trade it is not for us lonely ones that work in labs once i took an m d label in heidelberg that was herr gott back in eighteen seventy five I could not get much interested in bandaging legs than looking at tongues. I was a follower of Helmholtz. What a wild, blithering young fellow! I tried to make researches into the physics of sound. I was bad, most unbelievable. But I learned that in this wail of tears there's nothing certain but the quantitative method. And I was a chemist, a fine stink-maker was I, and so into biology and much trouble. It has been good. I have found one or two things, and if sometimes I feel an exile, cold, I had to get out of Germany one time, for refusing to sing Die Wacht am Rhein, and trying to kill a cavalry captain. He was a stout fellow. I had to choke him. You see, I am boasting, but I was a lively Kerl thirty years ago. Ah, so! There is but one trouble of a philosophical bacteriologist— why should we destroy these amiable pathogenic germs are we too sure when we regard these oh most unbeautiful young students attending ymca's and singing dinkle songs and wearing hats with initials burned into them is it worth while to protect them from the so elegantly functioning bacillus typhosis with its lovely flagella you know once i asked dean silva would it not be better to let loose the pathogenic germs on the world, and so solve all economic questions? But he did not care for my method. Oh, well, he is older than I am. He also gives, I hear, some dinner parties with bishops and judges present, all in nice clothes. He would know more than a German Jew, who loves Father Nietzsche and Father Schopenhauer. But damn him, he was theological-minded and Father Coke, and Father Pasteur, and Brother Jacques Loeb, and Brother Arrhenius. Yah, I talk foolishness. Let us go look at your slides, and so good night. When he had left Gottlieb at his stupid brown little house, his face as reticent as though the midnight supper and all the rambling talk had never happened, Martin ran home altogether drunk. End of chapter 4